If you were to have a conversation with your younger self, what would you tell yourself? What life experiences would you share with your younger self? Well, in this next episode, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to have a conversation and talk to our younger self. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and we'll be taking you through plenty of taboo topics that men deal with on a daily basis. We're going to go through, listen, and deal with all these things together. I know I've got to heal, and I'm sure you have to heal too, or the man in your life needs to heal. Stay tuned, fasten your seatbelt, Hold on. Here we go. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. Welcome. This is episode 29. I'm Sean, your host, and we're going to get right into our topic right after we discuss some of the different things that we've done through this whole season one. And earlier when we first started, we talked about the discovery, discovering who we are. Then we went into talking about being safe. Then we went into so many other different episodes from episode number three all the way to episode 28. Yes, there's been a lot of changes. There's been changes in the sound. There's been changes in adding music. There's been changes in transition. But you know, there's a whole lot of things that we've learned through the changes and a whole lot of things that we've shared up until now with you as an audience. I trust that you've gotten plenty of valuable content and ideas and thought provoking things that make you uh, understand that you should be encouraged, that you should be uplifted because the goal is to uplift men, to build men to keep them in all their ways and also love you exactly where you are. Because in everything that we do, the goal is to love you where you are. We all go through different things. We all go through problems. We all go through circumstances, disappointments. We all go through hurts. We all go through loss, loss of loved ones, loss of relationship, loss of jobs, loss of money, loss of houses. We all go through things of loss, sometimes even the loss of children. And you know what the thing about it is, we all have to work together and understand that we're not alone. We're not alone in anything that we do. But one of the things that has been uh, really uh, thought provoking for me is we've asked ourselves many times, and I know you probably have too, as a man have asked yourself, man, if I were to do it all over again, what would I do different? What would I change? Or would I change anything? Maybe. I would change uh, how I went to school or the type of studies I had. Maybe I would have changed. I would have changed maybe a relationship. I would have changed maybe the car I purchased, the house I purchased, maybe renting, maybe leasing the car. I would have changed other relationships, personal relationships, personal hurt. I would have changed a whole lot of things. And we think about these things, you know, far too often. And many times we as individuals meet, we as men, Sometimes even think about our body. (laughs) I mean, let's just be honest with you. Some of us don't like where we are. We don't like how much gain uh, weight we've gained or how much weight we've lost. We don't like our muscle structure. Maybe 
we're not big enough or maybe we're too small. Maybe we're too big. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Uh, maybe we wish we would have developed our legs more, our knees more, took care of our body more. Maybe it's a health thing. We would have eaten better. You know, so I, in this episode, talk about speaking to my younger self. So my old self, this 50-year-old man talking to my 18-year-old self. And in this, we, I want to discuss the simple fact of what would I tell him? What would I tell my 18-year-old self based upon the amount of years, the 32 years that I've gained from being, from being 18 to um, where I am now? What would, I, what would I tell my younger self? You know, and many of us, we have all kinds of ideas of what we were telling our younger selves. Oh, we were, you need to invest more. You do this more. You should, you should not do that. You should do this. And we do that. It's true. We, we do that. We, we say this. But if your 18-year-old self was standing in front of you, what would you tell him? What would you tell him? Maybe you're 18, okay? Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're 18. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but maybe you would tell uh, your 15-year-old self, maybe your 10-year-old self. So whatever age you are, what would you tell your younger self? Whether it's 18, 20, 21, maybe you're further up in age, you want to tell your 30-year-old self. But what would you tell your younger self at where you are? One of the first things I would tell my 18-year-old self is be committed to something. Be committed. Because commitment takes um, energy. It takes energy. Be committed. It takes so much energy because you have to be able to harness the, uh, the ideals of making sure that you're timely, you're trusted, uh, you take ownership and you complete what you start. I would tell my 18 year old self, be committed. And because I say commitment is because for me, education, that's number one, be committed, finish your education, go through it and then go to the next level and then keep going. I would tell my younger self to be committed to education, be committed to uh, friendly relationships, relationships that benefit you. I would also say be committed to your family more so than where you are. Be committed. That's what I would tell my younger self. First and foremost, be committed. Hold fast. Stand firm even in your Christian walk. Now, for those of you that you know aren't faith-based people, you maybe yours is in a different area, maybe holistics or whatever. But for me, I would tell my younger self, be committed steadfast you know without wavering that's number one number two i would tell my my younger self stand up let nothing break you and the reason why i would tell my younger self that is because as if many of you have listened to some of my earlier podcasts i've talked about you know some hurts i haven't talked about all of them you know y'all have to stay tuned for season two season two is gonna be off the chain Okay, just, just stay tuned for season two. It's going to be off the chain. But this um, have, you know, I've had many hurts in my life. And sometimes some of my hurts were not uh, external, um, out, you know, dealing with, you know, people I barely know. You know, some of my hurts were internal, basically within family, you know, people that I'm related to. And I've allowed a lot of those things to affect me. And I've allowed a lot of those things to affect 
me and it took a long time to process and get through those uh, areas of my life to where I can now just completely forgive and move forward. So I would tell my younger self, don't let anything break you. Don't let how people treat you break you from doing the things that you should do. Because many times we as men, we have relationships and sometimes the relationships, maybe it's a a loved one, meaning, you know, a significant other, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend type of deal um, that hurt us. Sometimes it's mother, father, sister, brother that hurt us. Sometimes it's a friend, maybe a classmate, maybe even a teacher could be your boss. All kind of things that hurt us. Maybe it's a situation a financial situation, we made a decision that maybe wasn't the best decision or was a great decision, only to find out later on there's some other stuff behind it that you didn't know about. Um, And sometimes it's in those things that break us, that cause us to go through a period of time, uh, if you want to call it death, (laughs) let's just be honest with, uh, with each other, that there are things in our lives that cause us to be dead and what I mean dead is dead to others dead to uh, future relationships dead to future endeavors dead to wanting to start over oh man that's another one (laughs) wanting to start over because many of us um, have gone through certain things that we don't want to start over we don't want to do it again we don't because we're worried about repeating what was so I would say to make sure Mr. 18 year old Don't let situations break you. That's number two. Number three, love people regardless of whether or not it's return. And the reason why I say that is many times in our lives, we love people based upon a condition. It's true. It is so true. We many times love people based upon the condition. And that condition is as long as you're loving me back, as long as you are treating me right, as long as I'm getting something out of this too, I will love you. And when you really love people, you have to not base your love on a condition. Now, I don't have to like you. I don't have to like what you do. I don't like have to like how you function. But at the end of the day, I love you. And it it took me a long time to deal with people out of good love. Um, Sometimes it's people who, you know, live a certain lifestyle that you may not like. It's true because truth of the matter is, is there's a lot of lifestyles. We, those of you that listen, that we live that people don't like. And sometimes they don't mess with you because they don't like your lifestyle. Um, they don't like my choices, so they don't mess with me. They don't like um, how I've operated, so they don't mess with me. The truth of the matter is, in order to love people, I don't have to like what you do. I don't have to like how you do it. I don't even have to like what you say or don't say. I still have to love you because I'm called to love you. That is one of the things that I would tell my younger self. Love people regardless of if that love is returned or how it's reciprocated. Love them 
because it's through that either the reciprocation or the lack of love being returned to you that many times causes many people to, well, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with anybody. Um, they, they, because they base their love based upon a condition, know the intricacies of what I'm really talking about is sometimes uh, people will only love you as long as uh, you fit their mold. Ooh, mm, mm, mm. yeah, that one, that one, that'll preach right there. Yeah, they only love you as long as you fit their mold. As long as you're the same faith as them. As long as, you, sometimes, let's put it where it is, as long as some, you're the same color as them. As long as you have the same amount of money as them, as long as you drive the same types of cars or you're in the same status quo or the social economic quo, they will love you. But as soon as you're not that person, you're not the same color, you're not the same faith based person, you're not the same uh, economic person. You don't have what they have. You don't have the type of house they live in. All of a sudden, they're nowhere to be found. And that's not called love. So if you're dealing with somebody right now, so if you're listening right now and you know someone who will only deal with you based upon what you have, that's not love. That's called being used. And if people only come into your life because of what you have or where you're going, they're only by your side, but they're not on your side. And I would tell my younger self to make sure you love people regardless of where they are in life, where they are in life, regardless of that. It's not about where you start. <laughs> it's where you finish, right? Because we want all of us to make it, whatever that make it is to you. Maybe it's make it financially. Maybe it's having your first home. Maybe it's having your first business or your entrepreneurial business. Maybe it's investments. Maybe it's being married. Maybe it's having children. Maybe it's having your children come back home. Maybe it's having your children actually love you. I mean, and appreciate you. So we want everyone to be able to have love for each other, regardless of circumstances. You know, and truth be told, it's hard to love people when they don't treat you right. It's true. It is. It is. It is. There's no doubt about it. Some could say, yeah, it's, it's a piece of cake. It's easy. It's hard. It takes some serious maturity to love people when they don't treat you right. But I've learned there's a difference between liking you and loving you because liking you is based upon, I have to kind of, I have to like you based upon what you do. I have to like you based upon how you speak. I have to like you based upon, um, you know, whatever that is, but I can love you either next to me or I can love you 50,000 miles away, hundred thousand miles away. It doesn't take much for me to love you because number one, I'm called to love. I'm called to love people. I'm called to love people of different races, of different denominations, of different faith. Even those that live alternative lifestyles, I am called to love you regardless. It, does, it doesn't matter where you come from. I'm called to love you. And many times we will only love people as long as they fit our mold. And I would tell my younger self, that's not what it's about. 
what it's about is loving people in spite of where they are, in spite of who they are, in spite of the decisions that they make, in spite of the lack of money or how much or the the uh, the large amount of money, in spite of whether they have a home or homeless, in spite of having a Bentley or riding a bus. It doesn't matter. It's not about things. I'm called to love you. Because if I can't love you, how can I love him? Ooh, 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 ooh. Y'all know where I'm going with that, but I'm going to stop right there. Okay. All right. So I have to love you who I see. So I would tell my 18 year old self to love unconditionally, regardless of whether or not it returns to you because it goes a long way. Okay. It goes a long way. I would also tell my, my uh, 18 year old self number four, Continue to build people. Building people is very important. I would tell my younger self that there are times in your life where people will put you on blast. There are times in your life where people will not help you. They only concerned about themselves. There are times in your life where people will feel like they're by themselves. And in order to build people, you have to get out of your own comf- comfort zone, dealing with your own problems and help people get to where they need to go. That means woman, boy, girl, man, wife, doesn't matter. Build people. Because building people is very important. My legacy and your legacy is in building people. So if you are whoever you are, think about, let's just say what you do, whether you're a house husband or you're an entrepreneur a CEO, a business owner, a manager, maybe you're a contractor, construction worker, maybe you're the janitor. Your legacy are those that you sow into. That's your legacy that you sow into. And you have to sow good seed into people because they will, what grows is the seed that's in them. It could be your children, could be somebody else's children, your nieces, your nephews, maybe people at the school. Maybe you're a teacher, counselor, some type of provider. Maybe you work uh, with adolescents and kids. Maybe you're in a nursery. They only grow from what seed is put in them. And many of us people, many of us, especially those of you who are listening, are the only seeds that some people ever get. Think about it. Many of you know of an employer, a boss, somebody who was a mentor to you that you owe them a a debt of gratitude. And you've probably thought about it. I know I have a couple um, that I owe a debt of gratitude because they've taught me a lot. Because they sowed, they took the time to sow seeds because they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And they sowed seeds. And we as a people have to sow seeds into other people. We have to help them grow. The sad part about it is if you look at where our nation is, many people have sown the wrong seeds. They've sown seeds of racism, sown seeds of discord, sown seeds of abuse, sown seeds of neglect, and it's springing up in other people who have become the same way because it's the wrong seed being sown and we can't afford to sow the wrong seeds in people. The goal is to sow good seeds in people that they become responsible 
to the community, that they can bless a community, not uh, cause damnation upon a community or even their family or themselves. I would tell him, continue sowing and building people because it's about building people. They are our legacy. When I see people climb the corporate ladder, when I see people get new jobs, move into different positions, uh, maybe start their own business, move into entrepreneurship, learn a different trade, move into this thing. And I realized that I had a hand in it. Not that I take credit for it, but I had a hand in it. Maybe I put that seed of, hey, stay encouraged. You can do that. Don't let anything t- keep you away from doing that. You can do that. Maybe if you tweak that there and move that here, I think you can do it. Or let me show you how. Let me show you how to be able to do this or in this particular field or whatever. And then they accomplish it and then they go above and beyond what they could have ever thought or imagined. I just think to myself, wow, I'm so proud of them. I don't say, oh, they did it because of me. No, 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 no. It's not about taking credit. It's knowing that you had a hand in somebody else's successes. It's knowing that you were able to help somebody. Because right now, there's someone listening right now who would love someone to come into your life right now and tell you that you can do it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Move ahead. Don't look back. Move forward. There's a reason why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. It's for you to drive forward, not to drive in reverse. Drive forward. I would tell my younger self, build people. Building people is very important and you're going to need it. The other thing I would tell my younger self, I would tell him, whatever you do, know God's got your back. That's what I would say. And the reason why I would say that is because Again, you all know that I'm a, I'm a faith-based person. That's just who I am. Maybe you're not. But I would tell myself, God's got your back. Basically, what I'm saying is, regardless of what you're going through in life, there's a higher power that's going to bring you through this. There's a higher power who's got a better calling, who's got more for you than you can have for yourself. There's a higher power that's more important than just you, 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 you. More important. God's got your back. He will bless what you do. Now, I, I know there's some people like, well, you know, I don't believe. Well, I do. I do. I do. You know, maybe you want to skip past this part. That's, that's fine. But I would tell my younger self that God will bless what you do. It's amazing how those I hear that are faith-based uh, ministers, speakers, pastors, elders, bishops, I can go all down the line. And they, they have this name it and claim it, you know, type, you know, you tell God what you want, he'll bless, he'll, he'll make it come to pass. And I kind of rebuttal that in this method. If you're looking for a house, and what I mean is, you know, you need a house or apartment, whatever that is, you're looking or a car or whatever. But you won't even try, number one, to save your money. <laughs> Y'all know exactly where I'm going, right? You won't even try to save your money. You won't even try to get your credit straight. You won't even try. You won't even try to do right by your finances. You won't even try 
to, on another note, even start looking for a car or looking for an apartment or looking for a house, condo, townhouse, whatever that is. But you won't even try the doing the things that you know you could do. But then the first thing you're going to say to yourself, all I'm going to do is just ask God. He's just going to drop in my lap. Wrong. I'm telling you right now, that's wrong. You wrong. You wrong as two left shoes. I'm sorry, three left shoes. As Bobby Brown would say, every little step you take, it's going to be right there in your little circle. You ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. God's not going to bless your mess, especially if you don't even try. The goal, you have to try. Anything that is under your power that you know you can do, try. Try to do something. If, you, if you're looking for, uh, if you're trying to get a car, save that money, save some money to get you a car. Even I don't care if it's $500,000, something. Start working towards that. If your credit is shot, don't, well, I'm just going to allow God to just bless my credit. It's going just going to happen. Won't you try to get your credit straight and at least try to do, work on some stuff? God will bless things that you do. Don't just sit on sit on your duff and do absolutely nothing. And you know you can do something, but sit on your duff and do nothing and then think God's going to bless it. God's got your back when you do what you're supposed to do. Do something. You know, as the saying goes, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. You have to move forward. God's got your back, but you have to do something you have to um go further you have to dig deeper you have to build higher and god got your back if you're on the fence right now with maybe your business or trying to um you know go into entrepreneurship Maybe you're in this stage of life where you're looking for that next job because of this whole COVID thing. You all know what this is. Maybe you're looking for that promotion. You're looking maybe to move from one city to another city, maybe to another country. Maybe you're looking for a new house. Maybe you need a new car because the one you got is on its last leg. And what I mean is, I'm not talking about, well, I'm trying to go from a BMW to a Bentley. That is not what I'm talking about. You know, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are really trying to do better for the right reasons, not because I'm trying to impress the Joneses or keeping up with the Kardashians. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you're really trying to do something and maybe you're struggling in this process. I'm here to let you know keep going don't give up keep looking keep searching keep digging get those mentors in your life get those people in your life that'll help you get to where you need to go because sometimes it's the person that you think most likely is the person that has the connection or the connect to get you where you want to go god's got your back okay i'm here to let you know god's got your back Stay encouraged. Keep your head up. Hold your head up high. Walk forward. Stick your chest out. One foot after the other. He's got your back. Next point. There will be hurts in your life. Don't pitch your tent there. That's what I'll tell my younger self. Don't pitch your tent there. Because there will be hurts in your life. As you go through life, 
uh, your ups and your downs, uh, your 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever your age group is, there's going to be hurts in your life. There's going to be plenty of disappointments via decision, via responses, via neglect, via being used, via being hurt, set aside, looked over, passed over, bypassed, maybe being told you're the black sheep of your own family or your neighborhood, the black sheep of your school. Maybe you've been voted most likely not to succeed. I'm here to let you know there's going to be these hurts in your life. It's going to happen. But move forward in, in the midst of it. Don't pitch your tent there. And I, for many, many years, many, many years, pitched my tent on the sand of hurt. I pitched my scent, my tent on the sand of hurt. Almost built a house there. And we know that that is not even a good foundation for building a house. And I stayed in this tent for a long time. This tent of hurt, this tent of uh, being neglected, this tent of uh, not feeling um, as good as everyone else. Because that's pretty much how I was treated. And um, I stayed there for many, many years. And when you stay there, you lose time. You lose valuable time, valuable time, valuable time networking, valuable time building, valuable time loving, valuable time moving forward because you pitched your tent on the sand of hurt. And I was there. And I'm here to let you know if you've ever or are dealing with hurts, do not pitch your tent there. Oh, it's, it's okay to spend the night. <laughs> it's okay to spend the night. It's okay to cry. Fellas, I'm telling you, it's okay to cry. There's been many times, and I'm just going to be truthful with you for myself, because I know some people will not tell you the truth. And I'll tell you, there have been many times where I've come home and went into my closet, closed the door and just screamed. There's been many times where I've gotten in the shower and then let the water run down my head um, while I just cried and sobbed like a baby. And I wanted the, the rain waters to cover up the fact that I was crying. There's been plenty of times where I've actually went over, get, got home, sat over, got in a fetal position and just cried and rolled over like a little baby. There's been plenty of times I've had to do that because of how I was feeling, how I was treated as a man, as a young man, as a boy. As an 18 year old, as a 25 year old, as a 30 year old, believe it or not, and as a 40 year old, there are going to be hurts, but you can't pitch your tent there. Oh, yeah, I would tell my younger self there are going to be hurts. Hurts will come. Hurts sometimes will come from a girlfriend. Some hurts will come. And, you know, I've got women listeners. Sometimes hurts will come from a boyfriend. Sometimes it comes from your husband. Sometimes it comes from your wife. Sometimes it comes from your children. It comes from your job. It comes from decisions that you make or maybe the lack of decisions that you made. They, they come from your boss. They come from maybe the the associates and employees that you work with that have made your job and decisions hard. And sometimes you come home and you cry. There will be hurts. 
you'll have ideas and somebody will take your idea and present it as if it was theirs. There will be hurts. It happens. It happens to the best of us. And many of you that are listening know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been through it or are going through it right now. You don't like where you are. Maybe you don't like the place that you live. Maybe you don't like the decisions that you made. And there are hurts there. Spend the night. That's fine. Spend the night. Spend the night and cry. Spend the night and weep. Spend the night in your remorse. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't pitch your tent there. You can't stay there for weeks at a time, months at a time. You can't stay there. It's just a moment in time. I would tell myself, do not stay there. Okay? That's what I would say. What else would I tell my younger self? Man, there's so much I would tell my younger self. Man. I think another thing that I would say is, don't forget the people that help you along the way. Yeah, I would I would start there too as well. I would tell myself, my younger self, don't forget the people who helped you along the way. Those mentors, maybe even parents, maybe your pastor, maybe your friend, best friend, associates. Maybe you've made it. Maybe you're a business owner right now, a CEO. Maybe you're a manager and um, you've made it to where you want to go. Let's just say you're there. You're there. You're in the engineering, the architectural field, marketing, sales, whatever that is. And maybe you feel as though you're, or you're getting to the point to where you're making it. But as you're growing, don't forget the people who have helped you. Maybe the people that helped you while you were going through school to get that certificate, to get that degree, that associates, that, that bachelor's, that master's, that doctor. Maybe there were people in your life that helped, that sewed into you, meaning maybe they came by and cooked you a couple meals because you couldn't cook for yourself. Maybe while you're going through a uh, uh, discourse of life that they came by and prayed for you. They came by and maybe helped clean for you. They came by and helped monitor your children while you did what you did. You don't forget the people that, that helped you. Don't forget that you didn't do this by yourself. I know a lot of people, I did this on my own. I, I, I'm the bomb. Guess what? There are people that helped you along the way mm -hmm. because you didn't always have a car. You didn't always have gas money. You didn't always have the things that you may have now. Someone helped you along the way. Somebody came by your side and said, let me help you. Someone gave you some encouragement. Someone helped lead you in a different area or maybe helped you change your direction to get to where you are. Maybe someone helped design what you currently sell. Maybe you finally got that house, but guess what? There is an architect behind it. There is a salesman behind it. There was a broker behind it. There was a agent behind it. There's a loan person behind it. Even before you were able to get the house, maybe you paid cash, but maybe somebody else, you had to finance this home, finance that car. But guess what? In order to get your credit to a point to where it, we were able to get that, someone helped you along the way. Maybe originally before you got, had good credit, you had to have a co-signer. Guess what? That co-signer maybe helped you along the way. 
Maybe that parent, that aunt, that uncle, maybe that brother or the sister, someone helped you along the way. Maybe somebody helped you in your business. That receptionist, that janitor, that someone that you walk past all the time that you've never spoken to. Someone helped you along the way. And don't forget to speak to those who have helped you. Speak to those that maybe they don't hold a certain bracketed position within your corporation or within your business. But guess what? They need some love, too. So don't forget people to help you along the way. Because, you know, many businesses look at people as a number. That's all right. You know, we'll miss you for a hot minute, but we'll have you replaced tomorrow. It happens. You, you all know it happens every day. Don't forget the people who have helped you along the way. Because for me, um, I was helped in one aspect. I'll, u- I'll use this analogy, um, which is a true story. But I was in the printing industry for 18 plus years before going into logistics. And in the, during this time in, in its inception, I had this guy, his name was Ken Bauer. He, he was my, he was my manager. I had this guy and, um, I think I'm either 18 or 19 at the time, something like that. And he, I came in at, into the printing firm as a file clerk. That's, that's what I did. I came in as a file clerk. I think, I think it was like 19, 18, 19, something like that. And, um, that's what I did. Basically you, you took these files and you know um, it actually was film because this was during I know <laughs> wow right um yeah it was film it was film um where we actually had step and repeat machines we had scanners we had proofing operations and all this and this was way before direct to plate or full-blown imaging matter of fact this is way before mac took over and really got into graphics this was way before then i actually watched the first mac come on the scene and failed miserably <laughs> I mean, seriously for the first two to three years until it came under its own and that was when i uh, watched adobe quark express come on the scene photoshop come on the scene uh watch all this stuff okay from the very beginning okay so but anyway i had this gentleman by the name of ken bauer and um he would ask me to do some like crazy wild things. I mean, you know, you know there's one time and hopefully I, <laughs> I don't have no previous employees or associates that I used to work with that listen to right. I mean, I hope you are, but I mean, it's just what it is. So I guess you're going to know this little secret, but he would ask me to do these wild things. And I was just like, oh, wait, what? You know, like he would say, Hey, uh, I need you to go take my, here's my keys. And you go take my truck. I need you to go down to, uh, downtown San Diego, and uh, go to this place and pick up this particular piece of equipment or supplies and what have you. Like, okay, all right. And he goes, and I need you to pick me up, pick me up some lunch. I'm like, all right. You know, and I know what you're thinking. You know, oh, you got him as a gopher. I mean, seriously, that's what I was thinking too, right? Okay. So, and um, he said, oh yeah. And by the way, take your time. I'm like, what? I mean, what boss tells anybody to take their time? I, I, I. T- I always took it as he's, he's tripping. He's really tripping. There's no, nobody just takes their time. So I went down there. I would get the supplies. I pick him up some lunch and I came straight back. 
So I would get back in maybe, you know, 35, 40 minutes, whatever the case may be. And I come back in the building and hand him his stuff, bring the supplies in and then hand, actually I'll bring the lunch, his lunch first and I bring the stuff in. And he's like, and he get mad. He would say like, what are you doing back so fast? I'm like, what are you talking about? I already, already did this. I brought the supplies and I brought you your lunch. And I, I, I knew it was just going to be about lunchtime. And I want you to make sure you, you got your lunch back in time and make sure you ate. And he's like, you came back too fast. I told you to take your time. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? No boss tells anybody to, t- you know, here's my own personal car. Take my personal car. And it was a truck. And he had a, a, a red Ford Ranger. Okay. And he's like, take my truck. I'm like, man, come on. I mean, you know, nobody tells anybody to take his time. Y- y'all know. Okay. No boss does really does that. You know, it's very rare. So, and I never understood it. Okay. And he would do that periodically. And then one time I was in another department. I was actually in this department. It's called the proofing department where you made, you know, uh, proofs for your clients to show them what the end results most likely going to look like before it goes to press, before it gets on the press. So I'm in this proofing department and I'm putting together uh, these proofs. And he opens up the door and he goes, rah, rah, and he's just going off. He, rah, rah, why didn't you? Da, 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 da. And mind you, it's a double door entry. And it's, you know, the doors are spring loaded to where they close and they close shut and lock. Okay. So, and he's doing all this yelling, you know, and I, and I take my goggles and stuff off and I look at him and think to myself, what did I do? You know, he's like, Sean, rah, 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 and he's just going off. And then the door clicks and closes. And then he stops yelling. Then he goes, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, wait, wait, what are you yelling for? What did I do? He goes, hold on, I'm asking a question. What are you doing tomorrow? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I said, I'm working. He goes, in my pocket, I hold four tickets to the Padre game. If I give them to you, will you go? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm asking you, will you go? I said, well, um, sure, I'll go. He goes, fine, and take uh, three of your buddies with you. I said, okay, cool. I said, well, what time does it start? And I said, I can, uh, as long as it's after, you know, three o'clock, uh, I'll, go right after, I'll go after work. And he goes, nope, you're not going after work. I said, what time does the game start? Starts at 11. I'm like, well, how am I going to go to the game if it starts at 11 o'clock? <laughs> he goes, I'll punch you out at three o'clock. <laughs> I was like, what? So... A friend of mine, a girlfriend, it was a girlfriend of mine, not relationship, but a friend, female friend of mine who also worked with me, became a real good friend of the family. Her name was Brenda. She used to go to Ken, who's my boss, and go say, why do you give him such treatment? Why do you do this and that and the other? And why does he get this? And why do you do this for him? And, and he was an older gentleman. Ken was, I'll just frame him for you. He was, he reminded you of, um, man, uh, he was, he was an older Caucasian gentleman. He was heavy set, probably about five, seven, five, six, five, seven. Uh, he was an obese man, uh, big size. He had gray, completely gray beard, gray hair and wore glasses. And Brenda, who, uh, was the receptionist downstairs. Uh, that would greet people that would come into our large facility and she would ask him why why do you allow you know sean to do this and do that she, he's like what do you mean 
and she said because he goes here he goes there and such he goes well i make him go he don't know he doesn't want to go he didn't he didn't want to go to the padre game he didn't want to go do this and that i make him go she's like well why and here's what she told me he said he said to her it's because i have four daughters at home and i've never felt like i ever had a son until i met sean and in my mind before i before i found out about that I used to think the guy hated me. I used to, because he was on me, like, you know, literally white on rice. I mean, he was on me about everything. He never let me settle for second best. He never let me just give it anything. He made sure that I gave it my best at everything I did. And he held me to a, um, a, um, a high capacity in my follow through, in my delivery, how I spoke to people, even in um, what I did. So when I delivered a certain good to a customer, he made sure that it was not just mediocre. And I used to think that, man, dang, you know, he allows these other guys to get away with murder and blah, 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 but he don't do that to me. I mean, he, he I mean, why is he? And I thought it was kind of like a harassment thing. I never spoke up. I was going to be honest with you. I never spoke up, but I thought it was like a harassment thing. And he said that, and Brenda, she came to me. She goes, you know, I talked to Ken today. I'm like, I said, well, you tattling on me again? I said, would you tell her, would you complain about me this time? Would you do this? You know, and that's what I was saying, because that's how we always operated, you know. And she said, he said this to me, that he, like, considers you his son. I'm like, man, and I told her, I said, girl, quit playing. She said, yeah. She goes, wow. She goes, I would have never thought. She goes, I know you had four daughters, but I wouldn't have thought he would have considered you like a son. And when I heard that, I, um, it changed me. It changed me to know that somebody sees something in me that I didn't see myself. And it was through this individual who caused me to be a better version, if you want to call it that, of yourself. You know, something different. And I've always been one of those type of people, even to this day, that either if I'm going to be a part of something. So for those of you that know me, if I, if I maybe you've invited me to golf, I, that's not my thing. I can't do that. Um, maybe you invited me to do a couple other things and I, I just don't do it because I've always been one of these people. If I'm going to do something or be a part of something, I'm either all in or not at all. I, I, I'm not one of those that enjoys doing anything halfway. If I'm going to be involved in a hobby or a craft or maybe even a sport, I'm either in it all the way or not at all. Because I've been asked, hey man, dude, you're into this, you're into drones, you're into flying, you're into photography, you're into video, you're into podcasting, you're into such as, and I enjoy all those things. I'm into all those things all the way, completely, all the way. I enjoy cars. I enjoy fixing up cars. I Again, these are areas I'm in all the way. But then they go, well, maybe, yeah, yeah, you should go golfing. Nope, <laughs> I can't do it. Why? It's because I know the type of time it takes to learn how to golf. I know what it takes money-wise to, to be able to golf. And because I'm an all-the-way-in type of person, I'm not going to golf this week and then not golf for another three months. That's just not, 
me. The other thing is I know the equipment that it takes to be able to golf. Now, I know some people are like, yeah, you can just learn and go and uh, maybe go to offer up or Craigslist or let go or uh, close five and maybe go get somebody, you know, buy some used clubs and you can learn to golf and do that. I'm not that dude. I've never been that dude. I've always been one of those that's like this. Because, again, I was in the printing industry for that amount of time. I had close ties with Ashworth, Callaway, TaylorMade, etc. And most of those places are right down there in the, in the Escondido, Carlsbad area, unless some of them have moved, but that's where they were. And if I was going to be in golf, I would head right down to those areas, contact and see if one of my old reps is there. And I would get these the, these Callaway clubs. I would get these TaylorMade clubs. I would get these Ashworth wear. And at least, if nothing more, when I showed up on the golf course, I at least looked like I belonged there. That's just who I am. While I learn and practice my craft. That's just me. And I know some people don't operate that way, and that's fine. But as for me, that's just who I am. Or I'm the type of person that if I'm going to have something before I go publicly to do something, I will have already practiced my craft privately. You understand where I'm going with this? So um, that's just the type of person I am. That, um, you know, it, 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 it takes a while to, you know, to learn and be um, who that is. But, um, yeah, these mentors, um, I, I would have never thought that that particular person in the name of Ken Bauer would come into my life that I originally thought was an enemy who turned out to be the better me. He bettered me, you know, um, and I owed him debt of gratitude. And I know he's passed on now due to cancer. Um, but I've had many people like that in my life who um, sowed into me, who it didn't look like they were really sowing into me. It didn't look like that. And that's not, I didn't think they were. But that was a prime example is when I look back over my life and think about it, that the very one that I thought was hurting me was the very one that was blessing me, that was pouring into me, that was cultivating me, fertilizing me, and building me. The other thing I'll tell myself is while I'm on that same thing, sometimes the people that I help you are not even the people you know. Sometimes the people that know you the best help you the least. <laughs> I tell myself that too. I would tell myself, don't expect the people you know to completely support you. Don't expect the people you know to completely love you, bless you, fortify you, or build you up. Many times it comes from people you don't know. Yeah, there's so much here I can just tell my younger self because my younger self would scream. My younger self would get angry. My younger self was uh, very quick on the throttle. My my younger self uh, was in everything and, and all over the place. He, he had that squirrel mentality. Boom, I'm here. I'm next thing I'm here. Boom, now I'm here. And I'm, I'm in that relationship. Oh, out of that relationship. Over here. Now, I'm, that was my younger self. It was like always something. And then now, 
I look at my younger self and I think to myself, what would I tell him? If you were to look back over your life, what would you tell your younger self? Are there different blessings that would you would say that have happened in your life? Are there different things that you would say, hey, that's, that's awesome. You're going to make it. Encourage. You're going to uh, fail in this area. Your marriage is going to fail. You're going to make a stupid decision. Your kids are going to do that. Uh, your mom and dad are going to go through a certain thing and you need to be in a certain place. So instead of focusing yourself so much so, you need to be um, around your parents or your loved ones because there are certain things that are going to happen in their lives and they're going to need you there. What would you tell your younger self? When I look back over my life, I don't think I would change, but I would tell my younger self these things. Because if I said I would change this, I would change education, I would change this, I would change that, I would not be who I am today. I probably wouldn't be um, encouraging you now. It's through my experience that has allowed me now to completely love people, regardless of whether they deserve it or not, because the truth of the matter is, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve some people's loyalty. But I've been blessed with some of these things. Not the fact that I deserve it. It's just because some people saw some things in me that I didn't see in myself. So, yeah, I would tell my younger self all these things because it's going to help you when you get older. Maybe you look, look at back at your younger self and start having this conversation. Yeah, your, old, your older self is one way, but think about how what your younger self was. Or better yet, while you're talking to your younger self, think about the younger ones that are around you. If you think about how you are right now, versus your younger self and what your younger self used to be or was I should say how would your older self approach your younger self because if you would approach your younger self the same way that you know you normally would then maybe that's the same thing that you need to do when talking to other people because I have found that many times when I speak to others I try to approach them from the place as if I'm them. I try to approach them from the place that how would I want me to approach me doing that thing? For instance, I am um, not the greatest dude. Let's just say I am not the greatest dude at all. My mouth is foul. I live a crazy life. Uh, uh, you know, I've got a whole lot of stuff going on, a whole lot of things that people don't like at all. I got a whole lot of junk going on. Just crazy, crazy. And, and some of you may know exactly what, uh, know exactly what this is um, because maybe you're dealing with it. So maybe this is the person that I am, right? So I think to myself, so if I see a person that is like that, I wouldn't want um, somebody who's um, uppity who is better than everybody else who feels as though should I say who's better than everybody else to approach me in that manner you know you shouldn't be doing this because number one you know this is going on and number two you need to be better and this and that if I were you I would such as you know how that is they put themselves on this pedestal right your relationship is terrible how you deal with your kids is terrible you should be a better mother a better father you should be a better this 
you should be a better employee, better, 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 because I'm better. Okay. So what I've done, what I do is I put myself in that person's position the re- on the receiving end and I approach him that way. Not from a condescending type of person or a person who thinks they're better than everybody else. Approaching from a person who's number one, who's relatable, where I can relate to you. Because guess what? I've been you. I wasn't always the best employee. But, but until you can recognize that you wasn't where you used to be, if you think of where you used to be, you know, again, I wasn't always the best employee. I wasn't always timely. I wasn't always accountable. Maybe I wasn't always trustworthy. Maybe my performance wasn't always the best. And maybe you are dealing with people who is all those five things. So the question is, how do you, how are you going to approach that person? The only way you can approach that person is you have to become them and think about where was I at that age? Where was I when I did this, that, and the other? How did I handle it? And you have to put yourself in that position out of love, not out of, hey, I'm trying to uh, prove something to you. That's, that's not what it's about. It's about being relatable because the goal is always to correct behavior. That's it. To help correct the behavior, to help them be better. And you can't be better when you take from them. You don't ever want to take from. You want to add to. So when you're older and you're talking to younger, add to them. Don't take away. Add to. Build them. Encourage them. Uplift them. Let them know. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. I'm Sean, your host. Thank you for listening to another broadcast of I'm Dealing With. Just remember, this is episode 29. We have one more episode. We will finish off season one. One more episode. We'll be finishing off season one. And then we'll be going into season two. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a break for about two weeks. And then we'll be launching season two. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're not going to be idle. We'll still be posting a few things getting ready for season two. Because, again, that is one of the things we want to do. We want to keep giving good content for you to consume. Things to chew on. Things for you to think about when you're out there in public. When you're out there before your family. Maybe when you're out there with your wife or your significant other. When you're out there with your children. When you're out there, no matter where you are, things to help men be better. Take care till I see you again. Be blessed.